0: much you're worth, you'll stop giving people discounts. That is so great. Welcome to HEAL, conversations to guide you toward personal growth and overall well-being. so much for joining me for this episode of HEAL. I'm with Amanda Ferret. She's a certified advanced EFT practitioner and an emotional wellness counselor. I'm excited to have her on here because I absolutely love what she does, but I don't know where she came from and why she decided to do this. So I'm dying to hear
1: her story. Welcome. How are you? Welcome. Uh, Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. It's summer, you know, can't complain.
0: Yeah, right. Summer's the best season. I used to love fall and spring because of their moderate temperatures here in the Northeast, but I'm kind of liking summer and not liking winter as much anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I lived on the East Coast for a while and I'm a Montana native, so I've done snow and I'm just done. I now live on the Oregon coast where snow is very rare. And, you know, we're going to have a exceptionally hot day today, but that's low 80s. <gasps> so we're typically in like the 60s to the 70s, which is perfect for me. That so sounds I love perfect.
0: it. Here. I have come into my 52 years of being alive um, on this earth to know that 72 to 77 degrees is my perfect temperature. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I want to move where you are. Sounds great. It's beautiful here. I bet it is. So tell us, Amanda, um, people don't wake up one day and say, I'm gonna do this, but maybe they do. But I mean, when they're five years old and the teacher says to them, what do you wanna be when you grow up? They don't say, I'm gonna be an EFT <laughs> practitioner.
1: Right, if you get five years old, I wanted to be a marine biologist or a large animal vet, anything but what I am today. <laughs> um, in fact, when I started college, I actually started as a bio major and then quickly realized after working a year in a vet hospital, that I should not do the sadness of having to euthanize animals, even though sometimes that's the best option, right? And I just couldn't live at, like, work in that environment. Um, and I actually nannied as a summer job, and I realized I wanted to work with people, so I did early childhood for a while, and then I realized that limited me to wiping noses and butts.
0: Oh my summer. gosh, let's talk about that. So kindergarten teacher for 16 years. <laughs> everyone's always like oh that must be so cute I'm like well first of all we have to teach them how to read and write before they turn six uh and second of all I'm you know blowing
1: noses and tying shoes right so I worked with young ones and you end up being the human Kleenex and it's like (laughs) my immunity is is not across my shoulders strong
0: immunity system for sure
1: (laughs) I realized family science was more my jam because that opened up some doors for me but I graduated college and our governor at the time in Montana, cut all the social services. So I again was wiping butts and noses of two year olds and I loved them dearly, but I wanted something more. So I actually nannied and ended up, that's how I ended up on the East coast. So spent some time on the East coast as a professional nanny and then transitioned into community-based mental health, came back to Montana, continued to do various social services and mental health services. Then I knew I was ready to get back out of Montana and moved out to Portland, Oregon, where my hope was to go to Portland State University and start the Master's of Social Work program. Excellent. Because they had a school social work program. And I had done school-based mental health in Montana for four years and loved it. So moved to Portland. Finally, life said, yes, go apply to grad school. Applied, got in. And then as life does, it says, hold my beer. I've got other plans.
0: (laughs) Oh, you wanted to do that? Hold on. Let me just show you that this is what you're going to do instead. Yeah. And
1: I was handed a pathway full of grief and loss. It started with my dad finally losing his battle with cancer.
0: So so I took a term.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I took a term off to go home and be with him his last few weeks. And that was fall of 2016. We all know the election that happened that year that was also really hard and coming back to the culture of social work after that um you know but i dove right back into grad school january of 2017. um 17. yep wasn't long after that that my grandpa was losing you know he was older and was starting to fail so got the call hey we need you to come home spent yep. the last few days of his life with him did the funeral all of that came back jumped right back into school and then continued to have loss after loss. So in a 15 month span, I literally ran out of fingers and toes to count the number of losses on. And that included my dad, both of his parents, a pet that had been an emotional support animal for a decade and just more. And yet I kept going to school.
0: Yeah. We put our head down and we just keep going, right. I'll deal with that later. I'll deal with this later. Or we don't do that consciously. Sometimes we just do, and we don't
1: process and I live in a society where we're supposed to be productive members and it means something to get a degree and you've started it. So you need to finish it. Yep. And so I lost my grandma December of 2017 and that kind of was the bookend of those 15 months. So I go back and start the winter term in January of 2018 and subconsciously something was going on, right? Like I just, I physically was starting to fail, even though I was doing tons of physical self-care but I wasn't doing any mental or emotional self-care, right? I wasn't being given permission to grieve. So life imploded as it does when we don't take good care of ourselves. And- I'm not
0: laughing at you. I'm just laughing because it's like, you're like, yes, yes. Right. (laughs) It's funny because that's 2017 is when um, my life sort of imploded. It's interesting. A lot of people around that year had a lot of life-changing things shift and happen for them, so- go on.
1: Yeah. So in 2018, January, um, in January, I realized I needed to take a break from grad school after some things had happened. And, you know, at that time in my advisory, um, I had a wonderful woman, but she was talking all about self-care and I had a toxic boss in 2013 and 14 who had ruined self-care for me because she took the self out of it. She micromanaged our (laughs) self-care. And completely ruined self-care for me. And so then I had this advisor who was preaching self-care and doing this, trying to do this beautiful work, but in the world of social work, we weren't really being taught how to truly balance taking care of other people and holding space for their crises, their emotions, their problems, and our responsibility to solve it, right? And then- It sounds still a lot like teaching.
0: I feel like the two the two go hand in hand because- yes. um, Although I had a wonderful um, direct administrator, principal, um, person, and an an assistant principal, the district itself was promoting self-care. And I say that with quotes, because I know this is a podcast and you can't see me. But they were promoting self-care, and it was every week off, you know, vacation week, I hope you take some time to spend with your family and, you know, self-care, 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 and then, oh, here's this new initiative that we need you to do and make sure that you get that testing done. And, oh, and by the way, take some time for yourself. It was, it was so mixed, mixed that yeah, it became, it was disingenuous. And so it was, I don't know if that's what you're referring to, but I, I you get to the point where like, um, every email you got from them <laughs> was like, um, uh, we hope this email finds you well or <laughs> hope you're taking time oh we so appreciate you it just it didn't come across as genuine anymore and you're like uh-huh, uh-huh. you're
1: preaching an unattainable thing because they're uh-huh. making it unattainable uh-huh. but they're like but we hope you're doing it uh-huh. you're not creating any space or ability for me to do it so yeah. shut up because like yeah. again very disingenuous very disconnected yeah and so I was like okay I'm gonna take a pause you know again from grad school and I was okay with that and then some more things happened where I was like you know no there was <laughs> so BS that came up with the program and I was just like I just can't do this anymore this exactly. isn't for me I yeah. need to truly take time for myself I have a question so to you about that. Up.
0: I have a question yeah. um so did you or the people in your life like you know your internal dialogue or the people around you um say anything to you like what are you crazy you've gone so far like don't you've got to finish this it's just one more semester or it's just whatever just a few more classes or did you do that to yourself like was there any of that
1: some internal dialogue I thankfully you know my mom was fairly supportive I think there might have been a little bit of pushback late, like that you're so close but I, I was ready. Right. I had my answers and I had just started seeing a therapist because there was some other mental health stuff going on. You know, I had gotten worse and I realized I was in a worser space, um, and needed some support. So I'd gotten a therapist and she, one of our very like first or second sessions, she did this really great thing of like helping me really tune in with my intuition. And like, I got a very visceral gut. No, I'm not going back to school. And it helped me kind of prepare my argument, you know, yes. because my brother was very much, I'm the first one in my family to even attempt grad school. So, I <laughs> yeah, so it was the first one to get
0: an undergrad degree as well. Again, right. Well, I was really, the first one to go
1: right from high school through undergrad. Yeah. My mom and went didn't. back and finished her undergrad as an yeah. adult, but I was the first one. And so, yes, there was some of that pressure. And I'd also lost my biggest cheerleaders, my dad his parents my mom's mom and so I was kind of like what's the point the people that I want to watch me walk across the stage aren't going to be there and I now have all this of this red tape it felt like in the way of me doing what I truly want to do in the world and I don't want to fight bureaucracy for the rest of my life. I want to be able to initiate change and be an impact and be a ripple in the pond. Don't you feel so like I need to figure out what te- that looks like.
0: Don't you feel like although that profession and teaching, again, this feels so much like teaching to me. Um, don't you feel like you're sold a bag of goods like you will be that ripple in the pond, but then after you get into these like institutions or this programming, this way of thinking, you're almost like, i I'm not the ripple. Like, right. I'm just a cog.
1: <laughs> yeah, our, that's, that's how our systems are built. And I very much realized that that's how our systems were built and that there were, I needed to do things differently if I wanted to be a ripple, right? If I wanted, and there's, you know, in, in grad school, I had some great professors who really opened my eyes. And, you know, we talked about in one of my classes, how kind of infiltrating from the inside, And I was just like, I'm not going to be an infiltrator from the inside because I just get fired because I can't shut my mouth. I would say on a weekly basis,
0: on a weekly basis, I would say, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my, you know, because I'm like giving a five-year-old a hug because they're sad and they miss their mom. And I'm like, I'm going
1: to, oh, well, and teachers are not set up for success and to be the impact we could be in this world because our systems are set up for us to fail because they're set up to serve capitalism and the patriarchy so um you know I had my arguments ready and my you know my brother's biggest thing was as long as you're a productive member of society and it's like well I'm going to take some time to be non-productive so I can heal and take care of myself because you know grief, my grandparents least, like, at least go at
0: least you know like go through that as much as you can in the short time because right. grief really does last for a very long time and comes up whenever you don't expect it right but, um, yeah, how you how grief had like I did
1: and very complicated grief and tra- like there was trauma. My dad did not pass easily. <sighs> I was the one that was there when my grandpa took his last breath, like just not, yeah, not easy stuff. And, um, so I was just like, well, I'm going to go take some time to take care of me. And so I got a therapist. I actually bought myself a dog and he was going to be a service animal. Then he turned out to be disabled. So there was the whole grieving process there. And now he's just an ESA and he does a great job. Um, but it was like, okay, like I had to navigate all these things. And like I said, it got worse before it got better. I was mildly agoraphobic. My social anxiety was horrible. My depression was awful. There were days where I was lucky I made it from the bed to the couch, right? And then the only other movement was going to the bathroom. Right. You yeah. know, very basic functioning. And again, being a mental health professional, I knew, okay, I can't sustain this way. And it became a journey with self-care, reclaiming it, giving myself permission. Yeah. And so when I was ready to come back into the world, I was like, okay, what can I do? Met with a friend that was a business coach. And I started as a self-care and grief coach. Cause those were the two things that had been the biggest part of my journey. And then COVID hit. So I had to to reevaluate again. I was like, great. I just got over my agoraphobia and my social anxiety was just, you know, And I really
0: have agoraphobia because I can't go outside. My daughter said, Brittany said, you know, the co-host of this podcast who isn't here again. Sorry, Brittany. I think I'm going to fire her. But anyways, um, I'm just kidding. She knows I'm kidding. Um, She said it's frightening when, if you go outside, it you know, you could die. I'm like, I know like outside is scary. And that's just kind of how it felt for the longest time.
1: The amazing thing though, is that everybody turned to the online space and there's things like zoom, right. Which we're sitting on today to record this. And I was like, well, I wasn't ever taught how to be an entrepreneur because we were, we are taught to be cogs in the machine. Right. Mm-hmm. So I now get to go absorb all this learning from all these coaches that are turning to online. So I just dove in. Awesome. And was learning about marketing and all these things that I didn't know about before. And lo and behold, one of the coaches I was working with brought on a woman to demo EFT tapping. And at this point I tried talk therapy, hypnotherapy, EMDR, all sorts of things. And they were all helping, but none of them had been the magic key within just a couple minutes of following along with Jackie tapping i was bawling oh that's I felt awesome this <laughs> huge energetic shift throughout my whole body from head to toe yeah. and i felt this weight lift off of me that had been there for at least 2 years Where i immediately knew a this is the magic i need for my own healing b this is what i am meant to do in the world So please tell me she's teaching people how to do this. And if not her, where can I learn? Sure enough, she was launching a program. So I threw my credit card at her as fast as I possibly could. And then I found out not only did she do basic, but she did advanced EFT practitioner training. And I was like, yes, please. You know, like that feels equivalent to me. Like I was working on getting a master's of social work. So yes, let me take the money on something different like that. Right. Yep. Yep. So then I also realized that, okay, I did pay for most of a master's. That was $50,000 spent. Like let's go get some of that. And but of course, when you leave things in trauma, your brain is designed to bury that, to protect you. Yep. So it also buried all that education I had paid good money uh-huh. for. Yep. So I found a wellness counseling program through Cornell and I took that to bring that back and it worked and it unlocked all those things like motivational interviewing all these other tools, right. That I paid good money for and lo and behold, I'm now an advanced EFT practitioner and emotional wellness counselor. And I am totally where I'm meant to be. I announced myself as a proud grad school dropout because I wouldn't have landed where I was without it. Yep. And, you know, it's so funny because I'll get people, like we had a garage sale recently and one of the women that came is actually, she's a clinical social worker and she's like, oh, well maybe you'll go back to school someday. And it's like, I don't need that to prove who I am in this world and make a path and to make an impact in this world. In fact, if anything, it's just going to hold me back. Like I'm going to keep blazing this trail because I'm already, I'm working on inherited and generational trauma with people. I'm working on parts of self with people. Like I'm doing really impactful work. Why would I want to go get a degree to work for somebody else or to have letters behind my name so that I can use the DSM to diagnose somebody, which the DSM is, Problematic at times, you know. Like, no, I, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and it really isn't about what she thinks you should do. That's more right. her perception of what she thinks is important, and it's not that important right now to you. And it right. quite frankly shouldn't be that important to anyone else but you. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> right, and look, you know, we don't have enough kids and youth and people going to trade schools and things like that anymore. Like, oh no, we don't. We need to value that there's a different path for everyone, and that traditional four-year colleges and other things aren't for everybody. And I wish that that would have been embraced for me, you know, two decades ago, but it wasn't. And that's okay. I'm now where I'm at and that's great.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I often say that, um, this is sort of a tangent, but not really, again, it sort of falls in line with what we're talking about here. And I keep going back to teaching because that's my experience. Um, however, you know, we're, we're incorporating all of these great social emotional learning initiatives in public schools these days. And I keep thinking to myself, we created that problem. <laughs> we did that.
1: Um, you know, it's- You know, what's funny is there's still barriers. I have, I have a tangible tool. EFT is a phenomenal tool. It is now evidence-based. There is research out there. in fact, research just came out about how it is a tool that immediately reduces suicidal ideation in teens. I reach out to crisis counselors and school officials all the time, crickets. And I'm like, I will wave my speaker's feet. I will wave whatever, like I will come for free and teach a tangible tool to help these children.
0: You're speaking my language. I'm a mindful meditation teacher. Um, and I am a Reiki master teacher. Again, I know tapping, I was trained in tapping, but not at an advanced level. Um, I have a tangible science-based mindful meditation tool to bring to schools and i my whole purpose was to help teachers and children and when i try to even ask my district that i just left in april if i can do something i get a lot of pushback and i'm like I'm even considering piloting a curriculum that I am writing for grades K to two that will create can't compassionate, aware, reflective, empathetic students. And I'm getting like, yeah, we can talk in August. Yeah, we I'm like, but I'm, I wanna do this for free. And I'm right. still getting like, so it's either they don't value me as one of their ex-employees or they don't value what I bring to the table. And they know me. So it's not like they don't know what they're getting with me. Right. So I, I don't understand. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, tangent, but it sounds just like what you are like up against. Yeah. Like I have, I've got all these tools. I can I can help people. Let me do it for free. All right. of these problems kids are having before COVID, but especially after COVID and this group of right. like kids from second, third grade to, I don't know. Uh, 18 just what they dealt with in school and out of school when we had to leave school they're all suffering and i don't understand why they won't put this on the forefront as opposed to the tests standardized tests as opposed to taking away this is i'm just going to go on a, a rampage and i don't want to do that right now this is why i resigned um, so here i am on my podcast <laughs>
1: You know, I'm the perfect one to jump up on that soapbox with you because, again, I was going to be a licensed clinical social worker in schools to enact change because our school systems are not built to actually serve students, teachers, families, communities, etc.
0: And do you know that public schools now in Massachusetts, I know of a handful of them, are hiring social workers just to come in to service children because they don't have the adjustment counselor and the, um, the, the school therapist or whatever their titles are. Uh, there's not a, they can't do it. and it, Two people don't have enough time to do it. So they're hiring it's social nationwide. workers. It's happening in
1: Portland. It's happening most places I know that there is now. And so, you know, that's the other argument. Sometimes it's like, well, why wouldn't you go back to school? Like there's job security and it's really hard being an entrepreneur. And then I'm like, no. And then you have to deal with the bureaucratic BS that you know you hate. And again, your mouth gets you in trouble. Like <laughs> stay run your own business and be the activist that you are like right and so yeah it's it's and we created the problem right it's a systematic structural problem that was created by again capitalism the patriarchy etc and we now have you know the demands of a pandemic and other things that are changing the mental and wellness landscapes and yeah it's these band-aid approaches versus having people that are like, hey, I have this tool and the time and the energy and the oh, compression. Oh, it's free because I offer this
0: for free. Like, I don't understand. Um, I just want the listeners to know that if they hear a little bit of a grunting or a scratching, I it's my dog. It's not me. It's Penny. People who know me who listen, Penny is at the door and she just is wanting to come through the door and I won't let her. So just disregard any extra noise that you might hear. <laughs> She's mad. I already fed her lunch. So I don't know what she's, she's yelling about over there. She's very um, persuasive. She's a cute little beagle. Um, oh. I hear her now. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's great. All right. So let's talk a little bit about um, how people can reach you and what you offer, because I would love I would love for people to be able to um, reach out to you if, in fact, after hearing your story and how you incorporated EFT into your life and how you help others, how you could help them potentially. Do you mind yeah. talking about your business now and what you offer and how people can reach you?
1: Sure. So, um you know, I don't know when this episode will air. We didn't chat about that. I forgot to ask. Oh, I can I tell do. you,
0: I can tell you, <laughs> um, right around, uh, the beginning of September, but it might be okay. sooner. Um, end of August, beginning of September
1: ish. Okay. So chances are, this episode will be out and you'll have missed. I'm doing a self-care challenge in early August. Um, but I will be doing a group program that is starting in September. And so, I also do take one-on-one clients and my work basically, again, anybody struggling with self-care, and when I look at self-care, I look at whole person self-care. Same. So I look at the wellness wheel. And so I really like to work with women or gender expansive folks that are buried under all those roles and expectations that are put on us by society, by family, by ourselves, by that inner critic et cetera, and really help, I call it, get in touch with that inner badass and embody and embrace that inner badass and put her back in the driver's seat and get in tune with your intuition, that inner authority, and just really be able to prioritize yourself without guilt or shame and help people get an idea of what self-care is versus self-love and that you need self-care to get to self-love um, that guilt and shame are different and that we often categorize things as guilt when we, there should be no guilt and unpacking what shame is and what that looks like. I also work with folks on grief because that's been my big journey. Right. And that's all types of grief. Cause again, I've experienced multiple different types of loss.
0: Right. Any I also, loss, any loss is a loss. I know some feel right. more than others, but uh, loss of a job can, you can suffer, exactly. you know, like your identity you're this. Now, what do I do? There's a lot that goes along with just yeah. loss in general.
1: And then identity is another, you said identity, that's another kind of area I help people on. So whether that's, you know, I came out in my early forties as queer and I didn't get to pick my coming out story. I kind of had people kind of ruin it for me. And so I had a really messy situation there and I'm still. Well, Jesus, kind of, I'm that's another form that of,
0: don't you feel like that's almost another form of grief? Like you're someone yeah. killed
1: your. You know, like, yeah, I don't know.
0: I'm sorry that that
1: happened. I'm sorry. Again, part of my story, right? And so, um, an identity for me also means like that parts of self work, right? So, going back and doing inner child work, shadow work, yeah. wound, helping work with your wounded warrior, getting you in touch with your wise woman and that inner badass, um, as I say. And then also, you know, just anything that where you're struggling emotionally, if you need to build that emotional intelligence, Or build the skills to regulate emotions and come from a place of response versus react. Like if you're always feeling like you're on edge and reacting and you're operating from primal brain, I can help you calm that down and get up here to those higher levels of thinking and have responses to your emotions and to events and people and situations versus constantly feeling like you have to react. Um, So yeah, those are the things that I love to work on that kind of fuel my fire and I am a little bit woo. So I sometimes will bring in like Oracle or sound bowls or crystals or Now you're talking about know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I love to just kind of, I'm still learning on that. But again, that's part of you know, that spiritual self-care. And then I also just really am passionate about people that are ready to do the deep work because I am one of my gifts is that I see parts of people that they aren't always ready to see. And I joke that I'm really good at making people cry. I always say, way. if
0: you leave a Reiki session and you didn't cry, then I didn't do my job. <laughs>
1: right. And I've had people be like, what are you doing to me? And I'm like, sorry, it's the magic. I'm like, but I promise this is a safer, braver space for this to happen. Right. And so and one of the things that I am trained in being an advanced EFT practitioner is That if our session brings something up that you're not ready for, I'm trained in how to put that away so that you aren't left raw and vulnerable and triggered and open because it is so, safety is number one to me. I have been harmed by therapists. I have been harmed by safe communities and spaces. And I don't ever, to my best ability, want to do that to any of my clients.
0: Right. That's important. Um, People really need to to get to know you and trust you and feel comfortable enough to open up and then to receive the actual um, healing, you know? They have to be open and not guarded. That's That's funny because
1: when people find out what I do, um, I get one of two reactions mainly. And I get the like, oh, no, you're scary. And it's the people that are like, aren't ready, right? To face emotions and do that work. And that's fine. I send them love and like, you know, let them know that I'm there when they are ready. And then there's the people that are like instantly like, and it happened at the garage sale. And my mom was like, what in the heck it's <laughs> happened? Happened? that old school? Like I'm not ready to face my emotions. The past is the past, leave it there, let it die. And this woman who was probably older than my mom just start sharing all this stuff. And we are at a garage sale. Like it's not. And my mom was, speaking with the garage sale, my mom was like, what was up you, with did you tell
0: like, Did you say, tell your mom, mom this I, happens I to imagine. me every day?
1: <laughs> I was like, she also had to see that, that same reaction where a woman was like, oh no, like, nope. So my mom got to see the very tune and then my mom was just like, "Whoa!" Oh, I said, welcome to my world, mom. You got a taste of what it's like. I, I like, always that say is to my, my partner,
0: I, I've been with the same guy for 29 years now, but I always say to him, when, like, if you had any idea, like what happens on a day-to-day basis in my business, he would just die. Like he would die. He would die if he just had a- any understanding.
1: <laughs> like, Yeah. It's funny because I often think about like, you know, my dad and my grandparents, I don't know if they'd have any like ability to, con- you know, conceptualize what I'm doing, but I know that they're proud of me. I know that, you know, they still show me little signs and I right. see things, you know, I, I, that's my beliefs. And, yep. but it's definitely very different, right. From what, yes. you know, they, how they believed and what they, you know, we didn't talk about mental health, even though mental health was very prevalent in my family. Yep. I grew up in a family impacted by suicide. My uncle died by suicide before I was ever born. So I knew what suicide was as a small child. Mm -hmm. And yet we didn't talk about mental health, right? I grew up and I was super emotional. So I was called the drama queen. I had undiagnosed anxiety and depression until I was an adult and could go get help myself. And so, you know, like I'm working really hard to break those patterns in my own family as well as help other people break those patterns. And it can be pretty intense work and I love it.
0: I do too, I me mean, too, um, can be wiped out at the end of a day or a week, but it's like, okay, I think I did something good here. And that's that's all to me that matters anyway. Yes. So how do people get in touch with you? Tell me, do you have, um, can they follow you on social media? Do you have a yeah. website? <laughs> uh,
1: the website, it is a work in progress. It is almost don't done. don't worry,
0: you don't need to share it. Just, I would love for people to get in touch with you the best way that you would like them to get in touch.
1: Oh, campsite bio slash BYC, which stands for value yourself counseling. That is my business name, value yourself counseling, because I'm, I'm all again about people valuing themselves and prioritizing themselves about guilt or shame. So I'm on Instagram under value yourself counseling. Um, again, campsite.bio slash BYC is where you can find all my latest offerings.
0: And you can send eventually. that to me, right, Amanda? So I can put yeah, it in my I'll get all that now.
1: sent to you. All right. And then for those that um, are women or identify as women, I have a group on Facebook called Badass Women Breaking Barriers. And it is kind of a co-created community, although I'm trying to do the community to co-create a little bit more. And I've also been a little bit absentee, but we are, um, it's a space to share struggles, celebrations, be vulnerable. It's just a safer, braver space for us that identify as women to be women and share what goes on in our worlds and I do share a little bit about um, my world and what's going on in there and you just it's yeah an interesting kind of growing ever-changing space that's so those fabulous. are the biggest yeah those are the the places I show up the most
0: okay that's good to know um and then yes please send me those exact like spelling and everything. I will send to that to you yes. for that uh, I wish Brittany was here because she would have absolutely loved that and probably would have, would join it. I'm going to send it to her. Um, And is there anything else you want to share with the listeners? Like anything else before I Um, ask you some important questions?
1: (laughs) I like to teach one little trick. so again we talk about this society I'm all about honoring emotions. they all they serve a purpose they're here to do something but sometimes because we live in this society that we do that isn't always comfortable with strong emotions, we sometimes can't cry right where we're at whether it's at work or in front of certain people or just in a certain situation. and so I learned this trick many years ago, if you take your finger and right at the base of your, the middle of your nose, where the cartilage connects with your upper lip, if you push in and up and kind of act like you're holding a sneeze, that will stave off the tears for a little while until you can get yourself somewhere where you can safely and freely cry. Because I'm also letting those tears (laughs) flow because (laughs) tears are cathartic and necessary. Thank you for saying that. I recognize, yes, I fully recognize that sometimes there are spaces that are not comfortable with that So you can always like act like, and if now that there's a, you know, COVID, nobody wants you sneezing around them. So you can totally act like you're holding a sneeze, excuse yourself, and then go let the tears flow.
0: I love that. I love that. Yeah. Cause it's, it is important to process those emotions. I just had this conversation with some, a colleague, an ex ex ex-colleague because I quit, but, um, (laughs) And can I tell you some strange uh, universal coincidences, which I know is probably more like synchronicity than it is coincidence, because, you know, it's not a coincidence. She reached out to me. um, Hopefully she'll listen to this episode because I told her after I saw your bio, of course, I had a conversation. It's been days that we were trying to connect. And um, of course, this morning, we finally connected on the phone and she's talking about tapping. And I'm like, yeah, I know about tapping. Uh, you know, I was trained in tapping, but again, I'm not advanced trained. Um, and uh, she was talking about her situation and how she really is interested in learning it. And and we talked and we did whatever, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then I, we got off the phone and then I was going through my notes to meet with you on Zoom. And I'm like, oh my God, look at that. She's a certified advanced EFT practitioner. Uh, <laughs> So, I sent center, like, oh, no coincidences. Uh, guess who I'm interviewing today? Um, and the fact that you brought up the crying, um, she did say this, and I'm not going to say her name because I don't want to give it away. Um, but she said she came to one of my meditation classes at the end of the session. I also give Reiki during some of those classes um, to the people who come, and at the end of the session, she was crying, and she. Um, was very uncomfortable with that emotion, especially with people around her. She just laughed right. and she's like, I, I didn't want to come back because I was just so, she felt so vulnerable. And I was like, it's really important to like to, to express that you were releasing something. You needed to do that. It's okay. But the fact that you just ended your, this conversation with a strategy to <laughs> stop the crying,
1: <laughs> that's crazy. Well, my last thing I will say is we... In this society, are very quick to offer people that are crying tissues. And so I want to challenge you to stop I will and ask for consent first because here's what that subconsciously signals. That's As something you wrong offer with so you. many tissues. I am uncomfortable with your tears. Can you please stop them? Even oh, I if love it's not that. your intent, that is the subconscious message. So if you feel that urge to grab the tissues, great. Stop and then ask yourself, would you like a tissue? Or even here's the tissues if you need them, instead of just like shoving tissues in somebody who's crying's face. And because sometimes say, I'm uncomfortable, please stop your tears. I'll
0: grab a tissue and I'll just gently put it in their hand. (laughs) I'm like, oh now I need to stop doing that. I love that though. It's such a great point that I would never have thought of. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Thank you.
1: you know, creating a compassionate world where we ask for consent, right? Like we are so quick to often jump in and want to save or want to do things or our discomfort will fuel things. And our intent is to be helpful, but our subconscious messaging is anything but. So if you can hit the pause button and ask for consent, you're going to create a much more beautiful relationship with that other person. I
0: absolutely love that. Thank you so much for that. That's, that's, it's something that I'll start utilizing right away in my in my practice. So I appreciate that. Um, you're welcome. All right. You ready for the really important questions? I am. She so had absolutely no prep time for these folks. <laughs> so when you feel at your most peaceful, what is it that you're doing?
1: I am at the Oregon Coast with my toes in the sand and the waves gently kind of rolling over my feet and ankles, enjoying the sunset.
0: Love it. That's, it must be beautiful. Um, yeah. And is there a book that you would recommend to maybe your clients or to anyone who's listening, like anyone who would listen?
1: I mean, there's a ton of them. I could just look to my left at my shelf, but I definitely think if anybody's suffering from trauma, the body keeps the score.
0: Oh my God, it's my favorite. Body is not yeah. an
1: apology is also yeah. another one for anybody dealing with any body issues. And then if people want to know more about the science of tapping, Dr. Peter Stapleton's book, the science behind tapping is also a phenomenal book that do you helps know that people. You, just, do you know, you just
0: gave me three books.
1: I did. and I can give you a whole lot more because there are just, I love books and I am a horrible like thrift books gives me free books all the time because I'm always ordering books. Um, I love our little public library here because they have a free book table that people bring and they have a little used bookstore. Uh, Yeah, I am a book collector. I am too
0: but I learned as an adult also, that I, I think can't.
1: My moves. I realized yesterday I was rearranging my books yesterday yeah. and I missing some of my books. Oh, you must have it given them away. When I move. My books, go- I've lost my Harry Potter collection. I'm missing some of my grief books this time. I'm like, oh. why is it always my books? I love Maybe my books.
0: Someone else needs them. That's all. Just think of it that way. You're helping someone else, whoever finds them. Right. All right. Um, I tend to listen to Audible because I've learned as an adult that I don't comprehend as well if I'm reading actual books. Um, And I've got, you should see my library. It sounds like the one, all the ones you just mentioned. And I'm like, uh, anyways, thank you for those three recommendations. Now, if money wasn't an object, what would you be doing?
1: I'd still be doing what I'm doing. Because, you know, I'm not successful, I'm not rolling in the six figures yet. And, you know, nor do I really want to be, I w- I just want to be making an impact in this world. That's real. Right. So I think I'd still be doing what I was doing, you know, trying to get out there and do more public speaking and teaching. Because, again, I just want people to have tools in their toolbox and be well resourced so that we can all be compassionate badasses, taking yep. good care of ourselves and being better to one another.
0: Well, it's been so nice to get to know you and I, and it's so crazy how, I know there's no coincidences, but how, how you're the, um, you're the person I'm interviewing today after the conversation I had with my um, colleague. So (laughs) I love it. Um, Thank you so very much. And everyone else, I will definitely put all of her information. If you um, absolutely loved her, like I did. Um, So you can go follow her on. Facebook, and Instagram. I'm gonna start following you in a, mo- in a moment. Um, so if you see a weird follower, it's just me.
1: <laughs> hey, it's better than all the bot mail accounts, right? That like have five to seven pictures and they're all, and I'm just like, and they, their bio is usually like, they love God and country. And I'm like, we're not, no, like this isn't a dating website. This is my business. Every thank single you, time, no, every
0: single time I post a class, like I, I, we offer weekly classes at my business. And every night I make sure I get on there and post the class with the link to um, save your spot, blah, blah, blah. And I do the hashtags and I immediately get five notifications. And I'm like, oh great, people are seeing it. And it's like, DM this to get whatever. And I'm like, oh, Uh, no, No. it's like, no,
1: go away.
0: Don't worry, it'll just be me. Um, It'll just be me. It'll be my business name, but it's me Um, anyways. I hope you get at least 10 more followers.
1: <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> I'm just well, to bring more value to Instagram. I'm not always good at being consistent on social media. And uh, I tried my hand at TikTok and I'm really not good at being consistent on TikTok, but we'll, we'll see if I go back there. I'm petrified
0: of all the people who will make fun of me on TikTok. And then I'm part of me is like, who flipping cares? And then I'm like, but
1: you, you can turn off comments and you can disable the, you know, the sharing <laughs> or whatever it's called and but yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, but it's really a shifting landscape in the world of social media. So we'll see what happens.
0: I'm trying to get off of Facebook. Okay. Now I'm really going on a tangent. So everyone, I'm going to really get going now and just thank Amanda one more time for her time and sharing her story and her expertise. Um, And I, again, will put all of the information in the podcast notes so you can follow her. All right. Thanks again, Amanda. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, it was. Thanks. All right. Everyone else will be back in just a second. If you're in the Mansfield, Massachusetts area and are looking for a space for yoga, meditation, great workshops, and life coaching support, check out Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. Mainstream even has a couple of virtual options if you don't live close by. Check out their offerings at MainstreamMeditation.com. You can also follow Mainstream Coaching and Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. The name is Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. And here I am. I am back. Just came back to say one more time, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited that you enjoy this podcast and keep coming back for more. We can't wait to see you next time. But until then, may you be happy, healthy, safe, and live a life that's filled with ease. Thank you. Bye.